four tracks on SFM FM with John Karika. Kaz in Durban sent uh, a message on the WhatsApps 0614104107 about polo. She says, jolly interesting. I love you. You've got to put the word jolly in when you're speaking polo. I've watched polo, never knew what was going on. Well, there we go, Kaz. You learn with me together. We're learning a lot about polo. And Samke in Scottsville, where they play polo, she says, good to hear me. She wants some Dolly Parton. Can we see if we can squeeze some Dolly Parton? I don't know. She says, uh, if you have Dolly Parton, play her. There we go. So we'll see if we can play something for you, Samke. Thank you for requesting that. There must be a Dolly Parton somewhere. Or Jolene. We've got to play Jolene. Go find. In fact, if you can, I'm not a Miley Cyrus fan. In fact, if I could, I would not play Miley Cyrus. But see if you can find the Miley Cyrus version of Dolly Parton's. No, no, no. Play the original one. Dolly Parton's Jolene. Miley Cyrus does a good version. Uh, let's talk about another sport that we're going to learn something about today. We've touched on it a little bit over the years that I've done this show or a sports show. Brad Bing, first of all, is the MD of Sporting Charles Foundation. How are you, Brad? Good chatting to you again. Yeah, hi, John Kerrigan. Wonderful to talk to you. What's happening? A cold and wet Cape Town I saw today. You've got to suffer sometime. Yeah, man, we've, we've had, uh, we haven't had the greatest uh, summer, to be honest with you, John. I think our summer was probably one of the worst I can recall. And um, we've had a hell of a wet start. Well, funny enough, um, we had a hell of a wet start to winter, and then we had no rain for about three or four weeks, and now we've kicked in with the proper winter rain, you know. So, um yeah, it's just a typical winter's day in Cape Town. Uh, you see, there's no sympathy for me. None at all, Brad. Because when you have those summer days, it's just perfect, do not it? Yeah, it is perfect, isn't it? It's a, w- a wonderful place to live. The last time we spoke to you, we were leading up to the April holiday coaching clinics. How did they go? Yeah, well, I, I was very impressed. Uh, we had a pretty much a full house. We, John, you know, for the first time, I don't know if you... If you um, I had my uh, I had my uh, business partners talk to me and say, Brad, it's about time we started to look at ways of franchising the Sporting Chance mm. brand, you know. And um, and I think you've mentioned it to me on numerous occasions. Many and, times. And, um, yeah, and and you know, it's, 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 I know this sounds really arrogant to say this, but it's a winning brand because everyone wins. The the children win. The coaches win. The parents are are, are delighted. Their children are, are learning a sporting code. They're leading a healthy and active lifestyle. They learn how to eat correctly and what diet to have, etc. So we have been working for the last two years in which to put together the Sporting Chance franchise um, program. And uh, we, we, we launched our first one in, um, uh, in Durbanville and the Belleville area, being, obviously being Western Cape based at this stage. But we're nearly there, John, with having a blueprint. And then once we've got the blueprint, we can start uh, expanding it out throughout South Africa. Excellent. Looking forward to finding out about that. The reason we got you today, Brad, is we're going to talk about table cricket. What is table cricket? You know, it is a, it's an adapted version of cricket, John. It's, it's played on a, on a normal table tennis table that you and I would have a normal game on. Mm-hmm. And it's especially, especially designed to give people with a disability the chance to play and to compete. So what I mean by that is, you know, our children are, I've always said it to you, our, our children are always highly competitive. And um, what, what, what we've done here very simply is we've taken a table tennis table and we have put a, a markings around the table to, in order for these children to be able to play. And, and what, what you find is um, uh, there's different scoring zones is what I should be saying to you around the table. And you'll have your fielders, and they'll be placed carefully positioned around the table, John. So you'll have a, a six, you'll have a guy who will score four, an LBW, 
And what happens is you actually have a ball that goes down a, a little ramp, John. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, bat, the, 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 um, the actual batsman himself, you know, we've got to remember that we're talking about children in wheelchairs. We're talking about children without arms. Um, we're talking about children who are severely handicapped. And the, uh, the exciting thing is, for me, John, is you have these children, the ball goes down the little ramp, and it goes towards the batsman on the other side of the table, tennis table, and he either uses uh, his hand or he uses his mouth or his lips or whatever the case is, or his chin, in order to be able to hit the ball. And it sounds crazy, but in actual fact, it becomes very strategic because... As I said to you, there are different scoring zones around the table. And just like regular cricket, yeah. um, the fielders have got to be carefully positioned to prevent runs or to get the batter out or whatever. So I find it's a very, very um, motivating. You know, I often talk to people and say, wow, you know, you might have a sore thumb or a sore leg or whatever the case is. But when you see these children in uh, wheelchairs actually playing the game or severely handicapped playing the game and the benefits that they get from it are absolutely amazing. So... It's our next project, John, and it's one that I'm very, very passionate about. And quite honestly, um, the emotion when you see these young children expressions on their faces yeah. is really something to behold. You know? do, do only two play at a time, one rolling the ball and one hitting the ball? No, not at all. So what you've got is you've got, you'll have, uh, you've got one batsman, one bowler, yeah. and obviously they're competing teams. But the bowler's got his field down the, the side of the of the. Um, the, the field, the, the table tennis court. And um, as the ball is hit towards a six, for example, mm. the, fielder has, the, the, the fielder has a chance to actually slide something along the, oh, wow. the, the what's the name, to stop, to prevent the ball from actually going for a six. So they move, so they the, move the little players on, on the field, on the virtual field, mm. as it were. You can actually move the players around and okay. to stop the ball from actually hitting the side of the, the, uh, the circumference of the, of the actual mm. table cricket, uh, the table tennis table, and, and, and I mean, you, I know that sounds absolutely crazy, but John, you know, when a child hits it and it's going for six and a guy moves something to block <laughs> the six, the expressions on these children's faces is just something unbelievable. And, you know, I, 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 you know I'm, I'm, I'm not the most politically correct person, so I've always got to be very careful how I, 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 I sell the game to people, but the emotion that one can have mm. and the... The determination that comes from these youngsters is just unbelievable. It's fantastic. So the point of this is for people who can't get on a field for whatever reason and, and, and can't run after a ball or whatever for whatever reason, this is an opportunity to play a sport that they've seen on TV uh, but, and, and, and use those same tactic, tactics and strategies that, uh, that the pro teams might use. Absolutely. 100% correct. Okay. So it's 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 a it's a brain sport as opposed to a physical sport, but there is some physical aspect to it. No, I mean you got to remember that um, you, you know one of the things that I found so exciting, John, was um, I was I brought in some of the over fifties cricket World Cup team. I brought in wow. some of the cricket commentators uh, just to be you know, to promote and help market and to just to work with these children and, and motivate them mm. and to and to find the right role models and. One little kid looks up. You know, we can imagine we had this. We, we um, launched it at, uh, at Newlands Cricket Stadium, John. And the one little kid, I mean, was so competitive. And the one little <laughs> kid turns around and he says, says to one of the guys, he said, "You know, I've always wanted the opportunity to play cricket at Newlands, and now I can." Oh, lovely! I mean, that just gives you goosebumps for a second to yeah. nothing, you know. So that's the type of um, program that it is, and it's just, it's just 
uh, yeah, it's just it's just giving children with disabilities the opportunity for regular sport participation, you know, and, and it motivates them and, and they want to play now and they want to create a league and we're going to create a league where you can have an inter-school league as such and then eventually what we'd love to do, John, is find the champion school. Um, we can only do it at the moment in the Western Cape because that's the only, that's the money we've got to put it together and we obviously based in the Western Cape. But if we can find a champion team and bring those kids to a test match at Newlands to watch their heroes play, man, that's got to be first prize for us, you know. Uh, and it allows these kids, I'm sure, who, who could live very isolated lives because it's difficult getting around, it's difficult communicating, to get involved in a team sport as well. How important is that in development for them? Oh, John, the, the benefits are, are huge, man, you know. Um, you know, you know, we all talk about the physical side and we always talk about the mental side, etc. Um, and we know how hugely significant that is to, to anyone. But you know what struck me the most was the, um, the uh, speech therapist was down at the working with the children and the occupational therapist mm. all came with their children. And I chatted to them afterwards. And, well, obviously, I chatted to them throughout the day. Yeah. But afterwards, I chatted to them, John. And you know what? They just said to me, you know, Brad, we've seen, for the first time, we've seen a different side to a lot of our children because they come to class and they go through the same mundane stuff in the classroom as, as no, no different to any other children. But suddenly, you put these children onto the cricket field as such, mm. and the competitive juices just flow. And that, to me was hugely important because to me that just shows you how uh, mentally stimulated these children are and how competitive they are you know and mm -hmm. we always think because a, a child's in a uh, a wheelchair and he'll be kind of um, complicit and he'll just sit there and watch the game etc but you put him in on, on that sports field as such <laughs> and man it was just fantastic and that's why I tell you I'm not the most uh, politically correct on how I speak about things but I just get, as I said to you, I just get so motivated every time I work with these children, mm. and I just see that their development is just so, is so, is so progressive, and that's what it's all about. You know, if we can keep um, offering South Africa's children hope and and give them a direction in life. I kind of feel like we're doing our job, you know. And it's it's a, easy to move around. If it's just on a table tennis table, it's not like you need a, a massive sports field and a whole lot of kit. A table tennis table with a little thing that looks like a cricket stadium and you can do it anyway. That's absolutely correct, you know, John. I think one of the things that I, you know, I always talk about it, uh, maybe I've got to think about out the box here in the sense that um, I've always said, you know, it, it, it disability kids, wheelchairs, etc. But, you know, uh, John, you know, I've, I've recently been visiting a uh, retirement village uh, because of circumstances of my right, parents. Yeah. And I've looked at that, and I, and I look at a lot of these elderly people sitting around and not doing a hell of a lot, mm. and they've got so much to offer. And I just, you know, I was sitting there thinking the other day, I just thought, wow, what an opportunity to get these people um, also sitting around in a retirement village to actually get playing and have retirement village against retirement village, if that makes sense. <laughs> using your team. And, I get, I and that's why I love, to, I love talking to a guy like yourself because I, you know, you always kind of feed me with ideas and I kind of think to myself, wow, how can we just take this game how can we make this mm. game more accessible to a lot more people than just what it is at the moment? I'm thinking of my dad, who's he's not in, he's in a retirement complex of village. It's you know, he's he's still quite relatively young, but he would love to do that. I can imagine the competition 
You know, it would be phase one versus phase two in the in the Lord's Test match. You know, yeah, these old guys would love it. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> talking about Lords, you know, we've we've obviously teamed up with the Lords Seveners, um, South Africa, mm -hmm. and which is part of the Lords Seveners from the UK. You know, and they've obviously been uh, promoting uh, table cricket uh, through you know the the uh, the England and Wales cricket board. Right. I mean, they've got hundreds of schools that play, and it's, we've only just got six, but it is a start, you know. Sure. Yeah. So, and they have a national competition that they play every year. Um, and they have the finals at Lords. So, you know, yeah. if we could if we could do something like that in South Africa and have the final at the Wanderers or uh, Newlands or whatever the case is, and wouldn't it be wonderful if we could actually find the champion team and actually go and play against England at Lords? I mean, wow, what sure. a what a what a wonderful opportunity for people who kind of um, are looking for something in life to inspire them. And mm. that's exactly what it could be. Fascinating. Brad Bing, good chatting to you again. We'll catch up with you soon, I'm sure. Lovely, John. Thanks so much indeed. I appreciate it. Brad Bing, MD of Sporting Chance Foundation. You can find out more about what they do at sportingchance.co.za. You with SAFM, making your way towards the news at 9 o'clock. We've got more music to play. There is football starting later on. There's rugby starting in a moment as well. We'll give you details on that. Uh, in case you missed it, Manchester City are through to the final of the FA Cup. They beat Sheffield United by three goals to nil. And the Sharks held on to a 22-all draw against Munster in the United Rugby Championship. But now, though, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a quick WhatsApp. Who was this? Mike. Mike, thank you very much for telling us this. It was part of our interview. Yeah, Mike uh, telling us uh, what we found out earlier about polo. It's the only game in the world where only right-handed players play. Well, technically, Mike, you can be left-handed, but you have to play with your right hand. Uh, the mallet can only be in your right hand. So even if you're left-handed, you have to play with your right hand. So technically, you're right as well. But thank you very much for telling us about that. And I see there's a voice note. Maybe it's relevant. We'll see if we can play that. While we're doing that, let's play you uh, an interview that Michael Abramson did in the new SABC Top Sports show here on SAFM uh, about the 35th, uh, no, correction, 40 years of KFC mini cricket in South Africa. But let's get straight into the first of our three interviews for tonight. KFC Mini Cricket will wrap up the 2022-23 cricket season with its 40th anniversary. And an exciting festival is back at the first home of the hugely successfully, uh, successful development cricket program when it takes place on Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 22nd of April. Since its first introduction in Soweto in 1982, the KFC Mini Cricket Programme has provided a productive entry into the basics of batting, bowling and fielding in an enthusiastic six-a-side format, while also nurturing a host of volunteer coaches and administrators. And a man who's been with the programme for a considerable amount of time joins us now on the line, former cricketer and Central Gauteng League coach, Harmony Chinga. Harmony, wonderful to chat to you and what a great initiative. I can't believe that KFC Mini Cricket has been going now for 40 years. Hello, Michael. I can't believe it either. And I guess what? I was actually part of that. You were part of it from, back, from, from the inception? In the yes, I was a youngster. I was a youngster. I was part of the program that was run by uh, uh, Dr. Bacha, uh, the late Mr. Hussein Ayob, yes. and the late Mr. Mvumbo back in the day. We were still youngsters back at the time. I, I also cannot believe. And I'm actually looking forward to, to, to 40 years. Now being a, a, a parent, and a, a, a coach, and an administrator, making sure that the next generation gets through the pipeline and goes on all the way to the protease, because that's what the whole thing is about. 
It's based, of course, mini cricket has its roots in beach cricket played in the West Indies. And we know how successful that was with some of the great West Indian sides in the 70s and 80s who dominated world cricket. But what did it do for you personally, this, this whole program? And how did it aid your development in terms of knowledge of the game and also developing your skills in different areas? Ooh, Michael, I, I, I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> There's so many things I've learned from this game. First of all, it has given me a job. It has given me a life. Now I'm getting the opportunity of giving back something that I was given myself. Right. And I just wish it was uh, at one stage, I'm thinking to myself, I was wish I was 30 years younger because now the opportunities are actually there. Back in the day, there were just a uh, few and fine between, and me and you know uh, uh, more about that. But uh, coming back to the positives, um, it's giving children a sporting chance. Mm. And this is what this is one of the things we need in this country, not only in this country, but all over the world, giving the children a sporting chance because not everybody will end up being a, a, a doctor and a nurse and a teacher and a scientist and so on and so on. Some of us will make it uh, through sport. And I'm just, I'm just happy to say that um, we're giving buzzers from the, the CGL side boys that are part of the program who yes. started in the mini cricket. And that pipeline is actually, we're actually making sure that it's going all the way. I mean, we, 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 we're claiming Enoch Ngwe, who is the, the director of cricket at CSA, who started with the program of mm-hmm. mini cricket. And, and, and there's, uh, there's, uh, there's the game giving, uh, there's, there's it, everything giving something back to, 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 to the community and, and, and the country at large. It's wonderful to hear that, that so many people are willing to uh, put an investment in terms of time, particularly back into the program. But the great thing about KFC Mini Cricket, and we've seen it many, many times, going around the country, broadcasting on, on test matches, one-day internationals, those sort of things. And you see during lunchtime intervals, at tea time, all the youngsters come out on the field, enthusiastic, dressed in their KFC kit. They get shirts to take home, shorts to take home. They get a chance to bowl, to bat, to field, to be part of the whole experience. And the great thing is it can be played pretty much on any surface. All you need is a little bit of space, not not a particularly big playing area. And you can have a game that can go on for hours and hours. <laughs> That's the nice thing about mini cricket. It can be played anywhere. And I like the fact that uh, we're going back to the idea that uh, Dr. Bachendam got from the West Indies. Mm. Uh, we're actually playing in the streets. I remember back in the day, it was just bare sand. And it actually looked like a ton space without, well, without the sea, because we in Jobek, obviously. But back in the day, we used to play on the dirt. And it was so much fun, not realizing, you know, the implications and, and what would happen in the future. And now here we are, me being part of the whole thing, uh, getting involved and, 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 and giving those guys a, a, a sporting chance. And how wonderful it is to actually have the 40th anniversary, uh, Michael, at Soweto Cricket Oval, Alka Stadium, where the whole thing started as far as, um, you know, how Ding is concerned. It actually started there and how fulfilling is it to be that the 40th anniversary of mini cricket taking place at that place and I'm, I'm actually looking forward yeah it's going to be a fantastic occasion as you say I'm, I'm hearing that there are going to be in excess of 400 youngsters boys and girls of varying ages but predominantly from fairly young until sort of the mid-teens playing in the various games. Just tell us a little bit about the occasion on Saturday, as you say, at the Elka Stadium in Soweto, the home of cricket in Soweto, and a development ground, a breeding ground for so many young cricketers, both who've made their names already in the program and who are likely to go on to represent the Proteas at some point in the future. 
Yes, what happens is uh, you pick for the, for, the, for, the, for the festivals, you actually go in and pick the best of your best. Like, for an example, Dobsonville is one of the areas in Gauding. I is asked to bring 60 kids. So what we'll do is uh, we'll have our games and our coaching and our games and our games. What will happen is that coaches will go around and pick the best of the best in the schools because this is what we would like to show. Uh, not everybody will be in the same page. Uh, it goes on from about 6 till about 9, maybe 10, maybe 11, uh, uh, because we're actually including the girls. It's very important because now we have a women's team, so boys and girls are playing. And uh, we're going to be showcasing best of the best. And I know for a fact that uh, there's going to be a team picked from... Uh, the youngsters are playing on the day to play a game against uh, the veterans, and one of them being uh, Harmony. That uh, speaking to you at the moment, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to uh, bowling a few and uh, hitting a few against those guys. That sounds fantastic. We hear that there are going to be other big names you've mentioned, Enoch and Kwe, and various other personalities from the cricketing world. Just give us some other names of who's going to be in attendance. Uh, Johnson Mafa, who's actually come through the program and went on to play for the Strikers and the Lions, and yes. uh, the famous Jeffrey Toyana, who has uh, been with North Ends here now, he's going to be moving to 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 East Ends. He actually grows up with us. He was he was part of the whole thing. I'm sure he's uh, he's actually looking forward to 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 to, to coming there. And I'm just not sure which other people have actually confirmed, but. Uh, you would like mostly to have guys that have come through the program. Maybe you'd have uh, an Ahmed Omar who went on to make SA Under-19 yes. and uh, one of the board members, Yassin Manak, uh, could actually feature in that game. Well, that sounds fantastic and great for the youngsters to see people whom they recognize, whom they know from the cricketing world, playing against them, participating, being involved in the whole experience. But I also wanted to ask you about the fact that this program has not only unearthed young talent, but it's also unearthed coaches. It's taught coaches and managers, effectively made coaches and managers out of parents, for example, or people who just wanted to get involved, who didn't know there was a sport called cricket. All of a sudden now they have the ability to coach at different schools and enhance their knowledge of the game and it's just unearthed a whole talent pool of different people just what has that experience been like both for you personally and for people you've spoken to um i i, I will start by saying it's actually giving people a life because uh coaching is uh, has become a job it's become a job uh, uh, these days. Uh, you go on and play the game, and uh, depending on uh, you know your talent and, and potential, uh, sometimes you will realize early that I might not be, you know, one of the strikers, one of the Alliance players. And uh, uh, one day, let me go on and take other opportunities. Uh, for uh, I'll make it a quick example with the hubs. Mm. What happens is uh, we now have hooked up with the umpires uh, and the scorers to make sure that courses come to the townships and teach the, not only the, coach, the youngster coaches, but also the, the educators at, uh, at the schools to become future coaches, future umpires, and also scorers. So we're actually looking after a whole lot of people, different kinds, different ages. So anybody and everybody can actually get involved. I like the parents, the fact that actually parents also get involved. Sometimes you need a scorer, and there is a parents that can actually come around. So everybody is actually getting involved. But most importantly, um, it's, it, it's, it's giving people an opportunity in life. And, and as I mentioned earlier, um, your Ino Kungwe, who's uh, a director of cricket, your Jeffrey Doyana, your Johnson Buff, uh, and, and, and most of those guys, uh, the ex uh, 
Tabangmuru, who was uh, who ended mm. up being um, a CEO at, at Cricket South Africa, actually all comes from this from this program. And now and then we have forums where we actually speak and chat and, and throw in some ideas. Uh, you never know uh, what can happen, what you would needing until you speak to somebody who knows somebody that knows somebody, but also is involved yeah. in the game. So the whole uh, uh, this whole chain uh, involves a player, a coach, a educator. Uh, uh, and all those kind of things. So it's 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 it's, it's very good, and I'm looking forward to to being there on Saturday night. Uh, just to, the 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 comment you made about the parents being involved in the games with the kids, as long as if they involved as umpires, as the, if they give a decision in favour of their own youngsters, then I suppose we can we can uh, sort of allow them that little bit of of grace in in that situation. But it, it's wonderful that, as you say, the program has unearthed so many people in the different disciplines, and you mentioned umpiring and scoring as well i notice also that the majority of the six thousand coaches that have gone through the program are volunteers and many of them are women getting involved in the sport as you say um with the, the girls being involved with the boys on on saturday and now women getting involved more and more in the sport it really has become a, a wide broad base of people who are now exposed and subjected to cricket and making it as you say an opportunity in their own lives Yes, the biggest advantage with our female educators is the fact that you would find mostly them in the primary schools. Those guys can actually stand the noise and the corruption that is made by our little ones. Mm. I love that. I love them <laughs> for that. And, and this is who would dominate uh, the educators in the in the primary schools. So there's a good standpoint for them. I can tell you now that in my program I have about 16. Uh, educators involved, and ten of them actually happen to be females, and wow. they the most uh, they the most active. Uh, take nothing away from the guys, but you know how they are. They always want uh, things to go the way they actually should, and they hands on with the program, and they very good with the kids. The most important thing, Mike, is that they actually very good with the kids. Yes. Because and I suppose that M O M that M O M title goes a long way. You become <laughs> the scientist, uh, the geologist, the weather person. You become everything. So, so sub- we have those people around us, and we never struggle when we have them. That sounds fantastic, and I suppose that enhances the experience for the youngsters as well. I just want to give some figures before we end off. Uh, the number of kids participating has grown from around 80,000 to over 126,000 kids. I'm seeing here volunteer involvement from 5,900 to over 13,000. Schools involved has grown from 4,500 to over 6,500. So the growth is virtually exponential, and there are so many possibilities ahead. Just quickly, uh, before we say goodbye, to you expectations for saturday what sort of experience can everybody expect when they go along and attend and get involved first of all i'll say to the youngsters that are going to be playing there the key words are participation and enjoyment and this is where we will see the best of them. Sometimes you let the guys play on their own, and this is where you see how good they are. And this is something we always encourage at, uh, at Mini Cricket is participation and enjoyment. And the involvement of the people um, being your coaches, being your administrators, uh, a word of thanks uh, to to our people at CGL, um, um, starting with our head of John Leaf Wright, the cricket services manager, Ruben Manjazi, mm. and our mini cricket coordinator, Dakatum Collins. Those guys have done a fantastic job. Uh, and I'm actually looking forward to Saturday. I hope I've said enough, Mike. 
That was a pre-record with Michael Abramson. He presents Top Sport every Monday to Friday here on SAFM between 7 and 8. Get your latest sports news with him Monday to Friday. Uh, you with SAFM, Mike, on WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Says, great show, Ben Zito and John. See, Mike knows from radio. Put the producers first, put the presenters second. See, producers always come first. Somebody wants to know, um, how do you play polo if you're left-handed then? The answer is you play it with your right hand. That's the rule. <laughs> uh, we, we, we will talk more about polo, but earlier on today we were talking to uh, Polo in Africa's executive producer, Masedi Molosiwa, and he was explaining that the stick, the mallet that you hit the ball with has to be on the right-hand side. You have to, it has to be in your right hand. You can hit on the left-hand side of the horse. It's very difficult to do, I imagine, but it has to be in your right hand. So if you are left-handed, <laughs> if you are left-handed, you have to play with your right hand. That's just tough. That's just the way the sport works. It's been like that since forever. Um, like Ben says, if it's in your left hand, you get murd. Was the word he used. Those mallets, that, I mean, they're fast. You get hit in the head with the mallet. You get falling off the horse. No wonder they need five horses. Uh, we'll be talking about polo later on. It's my new favorite sport. And we're going to be seeing lots more of it because it's going to be on SABC TV as well.